I am Edwin K. Morse, president and founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services, America's first knowledge management nonprofit. This program, Because You Need to Know, is part of our mission to educate and bring awareness around knowledge management. Lisa Tallman is a knowledge management strategist dedicated to social good. She is the Senior Director of Knowledge Management at YMCA of the USA, the National Resource Office for YMCAs across the United States. She ensures YMCAs have access to knowledge, tools, and resources to collaborate and to strengthen their local communities. Prior to joining the Y, Lisa worked for Grant Thornton, an accounting and advisory firm, where she was part of a team that instituted KM from scratch developing processes, training team members to manage knowledge, and building a new technology platform. She has spent almost 16 years defining and shaping knowledge management for both for-profit and non-for-profit organizations. Lisa earned an MBA from the University of Chicago Booth School of Business and a master's degree in English focused on technical communication from Eastern Michigan University. At Chicago Booth, she was the chair of a student group that provided consulting services for nonprofits. This experience, coupled with her work at the Y, has allowed her to see how knowledge management adds value to large and small nonprofits alike. So tell me about how you found knowledge management. How did you even get here? Yeah, it's a good question. So I started my career as a technical writer, Um, went to... uh, as an English major, knowing that I really didn't want to go into academics. It really wasn't my thing. So it's the 90s, computers, the internet, it's all on the rise. So I decided to get a computer science minor along with my English degree and move into technical writing. Um, Technology, obviously, um, it's a big boom at that time. And so that's what I did. I became a technical writer and started my career working for a number of different software companies. Um, writing manuals, guides, and online material. And then one particular job that I had, I moved into running a technical support department's knowledge base. So they had had engineers and developers writing documentation, and you know that's not really their strong point. <laughs> so they brought in a technical writer to help that uh, help them out in that area, and they had all of their content in a knowledge base. And that's really when I moved in my first foray into knowledge management is I eventually be, um, managed that team and ran their knowledge base. And as we moved forward, uh, we were acquired. And then I moved into sort of the te- on the actual technology side of it, learning the platform. As When we were acquired, we had to move – to new systems, and I managed that for uh, the technical support department, moving us to our new CRM system. Eventually, we moved to a different knowledge-based platform. So I got some experience, actually, on large-scale technology implementations regarding knowledge management. When, at what point did knowledge management actually become a term? Because it sounds like you got thrown into the concept of the knowledge base and all that sort of thing as an evolutionary step. But when do you remember knowledge management actually saying, someone saying what, you know, about that terminology? Yeah, so it certainly was at that job because knowledge management in a technical support content context is actually really important. I went to a number of conferences uh, while at that job around knowledge management. We can get, you know, for an for a software company, if you can do self-service knowledge, 
then you're certainly you're saving yourself money. And so it became a term that I learned while at in that position uh, a couple of years. So what time frame was that? If you don't mind. Oh, sure. That was probably the early 2000s for me. Okay. You say you went to conferences. Was there any talk of knowledge management training or education, or was anybody even looking for that venue of advance? Uh, at that time, yes, there was a, uh, an organization that did certification in mm. knowledge management. And again, it was really around the customer support, technical support area that I was familiar with. As I moved uh, later on in my knowledge management career, there's definitely other organizations that sort of did it outside of the technical support context. But even today, there are not that many colleges organization certifications around knowledge management. Mm. It's certainly growing mm. uh, as a discipline, but it's it's pretty much in its infancy from, from my vantage point in terms of actual formal education around it. And I don't have any formal education around KM. Everything mm. that I've done, I've pretty much learned on the job and through, you know, networking and doing things with other knowledge management professionals. premise that I've seen in academics and other industries is that KM is made up of people, processes, and technology. And most recently, I saw that the U.S. Army had introduced the, the concept of organizations as an mm. additional thing. And I, I, I say organization, and I hear culture. You know, that, that to me says sure. culture. Based on your evolutionary introduction to the concept going from a technical uh, computer-based formal education and kind of transferring that into real-time real work where do you see the weight of if we use the km model of people processes and technology and organization how does that play out now and with your experience now Sure. And maybe I like to say I've, I've done some work at my current job sort of measuring where we are on a knowledge management maturity model. Mm -hmm. And I actually, you know, you talk about people process instead of organization, I actually have strategy. Mm -hmm. um, I think of strategy in that category. And I've also like to add metrics into that as well. And, I, and perhaps the strategy and, org, and, and culture are a little bit um, combined, right? And if you have, if your organization incorporates knowledge management into their organizational strategy, it's going to feed into their culture as well, a culture of knowledge sharing, a culture of collaboration, because if they want to meet their strategic objectives, they're going to they're ha they're going to have to do they're it. They're going hopefully. to have to do that, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. So in and that so, in that strategy, is there an incentivized program? Do you incentivize the people to to participate? Um, you know, certainly depends on the organization. Um, performance reviews um, we've um, definitely had in different departments. Some knowledge management performance reviews, for example, incorporating or finding sort of the bright ideas or the lessons learned or best press practices as being um, displayed by, by staff members. We certainly have incentivized in terms of performance review to capture it on my knowledge management team. For example, um, we do awards every year. Um, we're big on recognition and we do uh, awards for, for example, you know, most used content, 
web traffic, um, but also things like leadership as well. We did a huge redesign of a section of our intranet around leadership development. And we sort of gave a, a curator, a content curator award for the individual leading that for his department. So recognition in various different forms, I think is really important. And it's a way in addition to performance reviews to get things incorporated into more strategic, uh, at a more strategic level in the organization. So let me just say this is that uh, the audience may not be aware that we are talking about a nonprofit industry right now. Correct, yes. So how, how do you stand in the field of that industry of nonprofit? How, where does KM sit? I mean, are you in the front end? It sounds like you would be considered a leader in the nonprofit KM world. So I, I work for our, one of the largest nonprofits that there are in the U.S., so I think in that sense, it makes us a, a leader just because we, because of our scale and scope, um, have to make sure that we are providing the knowledge across the U.S. for YMCAs. I recently, in 2012, received my degree from Chicago Booth MBA program, and as part of that, one of the student groups that I was chair of, we did nonprofit, we did consulting projects for local nonprofits in the Chicago area. So for three years, I got to work with various different nonprofits or talk to them at a much smaller scale than the YMCA. So mm. I've been able to sort of see KM and in a small scale or what would potentially be the benefits of KM in a small scale versus a really large organization. And obviously there's benefits at both. Mm -hmm. What I see is that some of the smaller scale nonprofits don't have the time, the resources, mm -hmm. or the, frankly, the know-how, the expertise on their staff to really use knowledge management as efficiently as they could. Mm -hmm. So is that just a lack of understanding or actually application to see what it could gain them or both? I yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think smaller nonprofits are, are A, sort of more concerned with continuing to stay up and running. <laughs> yeah, keep the lights on, right? <laughs> right, yeah. You know, to, to do knowledge management, I think there there is something to be said. First, I would say that, Every organization does knowledge management, whether they do it formally or not, right? We all have knowledge in our heads. We're all sharing. We're all learning from each other, whether that's a large or a small organization. Now, whether they do it formally or not, I think depends on how mature of an organization they are. So you could certainly have uh, some smaller nonprofits who are who are just who have been around longer, who are doing, you know, aren't necessarily focused on let's just keep our doors open and who are doing much more in terms of sharing lessons learned with um, new volunteers as they come in and new mm -hmm. staff as they come in and things like that. Mm -hmm. So is that, do you think that's an HR function at that point? Um, you know what, for, you know, I think everyone has a responsibility and I don't, it doesn't necessarily matter mm -hmm. what title you have mm -hmm. to you know, institute KM or get it started. Um, I think it's anyone who who sort of sees a passion for, for making sure that 
the organization is sharing what they've learned to improve mm-hmm. um, is the right person to do it in an organization. And I think I've seen that in other knowledge management professionals. You know, as we talked about earlier, there is sort of no, there aren't a lot of certifications out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot, not a lot of formal programs. A lot of the profession, KM professionals that I know have kind of fallen into this from other areas. Mm. And so we've all sort of learned and moved into this field as we've come along and come from very different paths sometimes. And I think that can happen in any organization. It's all timing. You know, there's all, right, uh, yeah, exactly. it's, just, it's just a matter of the clo- all the cogs lining up at the same time. And I, I get you. I, I, and that's been my experience too, is that uh, there seems to be a, a, a whole wide variety of folks that are in the field of knowledge management, but in the realm of nonprofit knowledge management, what would be your best advice to some uh, small, regional, uh, maybe new start type nonprofit that would be advice that would be a KM sound way to go forward? Sure. First, I would say just start capturing some of the important things. So think of the, I like to think of single points of failure, right? If that one individual walked out the door, mm-hmm. you know, what would you lose? And start capturing those really important nuggets, lessons learned, um, processes, strategies, start capturing at least those, you know, really important things from those, you know, two or three individuals in your organization that are those, those cogs in the wheel that keep everything running. And that would be a great starting point. To have a, you know, even if it's just in, you know, the great thing now is we have things like Google Docs, right? Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> right. You can you can start a Google Doc, um, and just start capturing that, and it would be a great place that if if that single point of failure left, you'd still have a starting point for whoever came in after them. Right. Okay. Well, that, I, I I get that, and I think that's really a good sound way to at least get the foundation. At least start plugging the leaks before you start springing leaks. Exactly. Uh, uh, in the in the life raft, if you will. And I would say that that KM assessment, be able to triage that priority like that, sounds easy. And you know, for for you and I, I would say, yep, that's, right. <laughs> that's a logical first step. But it's like. For some folks that I've talked to uh, in the in the nonprofit realm, uh, I get kind of that glossy eye reaction of what I'm talking about, and they they just sure. not yet figured out what the magic thing is that gets that across that that's important. Because I I get that they're worried about the tactical, they're worried about the things that are 50 feet away from them, keeping the gas in the vehicle, keeping the insurance paid, all these tactical things that are right. all fires that have to be put out. Uh, and you come at this at such a high level with a strategy behind you. You are, you're looking at this as a strategy that creates an operational framework versus a tactical situation that creates this hurry up, put the fires out, keep the lights on kind of, you know, short jerk reaction, knee jerk reactions all the time to where they cannot get to a strategic view or get their head up enough uh, to even start looking out. What would be your advice? And, and this is nonprofit, for-profit, small sure. business, anywhere. Yeah. They all deal with this. Yeah, how, and how I, do you give them? How do you get beyond that? Yeah, and, and you know, I think it's obviously going to vary for every organization, but I, it all starts with pain points, right? If you can't 
find a pain point that knowledge management is going to solve, then there's no incentive for them to do it. And so that pain point, as I you know mentioned earlier, might be that person leaving. Imagine if this person left <laughs> mm-hmm. that you depend on, what would you do? Mm-hmm. That might be a pain point. A pain point might be for, for a nonprofit, might be grant funding, right? You know, there's a lot that goes into writing a, a grant application mm-hmm. for, to, for funding and how much easier would it be if you didn't have to start over yes. every single time that you wrote a grant because you've got this sort of bank of things that every funder is going to ask for. They may yeah. ask for it in a different, a different way, yeah. but it's still a lot of the same basic things. And, and why start from scratch every time you want to find funding from someone or every time you want to do a, a pitch to a new donor? Why not have a, a, a database of here's the things that have worked with this type of person mm-hmm. before? It helps you get to your tactical, the tactical thing that you have to do, but it makes that doing that tactical thing so much easier. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and those things are pain points, whether it's someone leaving, whether it's getting funding. Those are pain points that nonprofits in particular have that if you can say, we can make this easier, mm-hmm. that might be a place to start. How much of that do you try to sell, getting to the solution sell here of, of knowledge management? Hey, I got a little something that'll help you kind of, you know, advice or, or product or service that can help a nonprofit run. Is it getting somebody on the board that gets it as much as it is the CEO or the president of the nonprofit? Or yeah, I know you said it's, it's always great if you get anybody in the organization that starts <laughs> right. thinking it. But I got to tell you, as that innovator and, f- and free range thinker of a KM guy that I've always been, that doesn't always sit well with upper management when you start throwing out solutions that do make sense, but it, you know, challenge the current culture or challenge an ego or challenge whatever, instead of thinking, oh, well, yeah, that could help. I, yeah, I would say I would agree with you. At some point, if you want to make KM formal, if you want to make it baked into the culture, if you want to make it part of an organization strategy, it has to have leadership support or it's not going to make it. So you certainly, you know, it could, and here's where you try to get quick win somewhere, no matter where in the organization, and then be able to bring that up to leadership to say, here's how we've improved because we've done this. But but I totally agree with you. You need to get leadership on board if you're going to be successful, especially over the long term, if you want to make KM sustainable. What would you tell a leader or a president, a chairman of the board of a nonprofit that would, that would get that strategic switch to go KM? What if you had somebody, I mean, what would you do sitting over coffee and, and say, look, what would you say? Sure. Um, good question. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's hard. And, and what I would say, because my personal approach is I would really need to know something about the organization, about yeah. right? Because okay. I, okay. I certainly think to the point of you have to either find a pain point or you have to either build some urgency around it mm. and you have to know something about the organization to do that. To, yeah. And it really is finding a specific pain point that that organization could latch on to. And you really need to know something about, you know, what's important to the individual that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. Um, If there was a silver bullet, an answer that everyone got on board with, (laughs) it 
wouldn't really be easy, but they're simply not. And it's going to vary depending, you know, and I know it may sound a little bit like a cop-out, but I really do think you need to know something about how knowledge management is going to work for that specific organization because every organization is different and every organization is at a different place and has different goals and pain points that they really need to address. Well, I have to say you've just validated my experience, so thank you very much. Okay, Uh, good. (laughs) as, As starting off with Pioneer Knowledge Services, to be able to offer knowledge management services to nonprofits as a capacity builder, I, I keep getting the what what do you what do you do? And we're a new mm-hmm. nonprofit, right? So we're we're still figuring that out. But as a knowledge management charity, if you will, it's like, well, I need a customer first, right? I'm, and that's what right. my I don't know. I don't know what I can do unless I see what is needed, because it's basically everything you just said. Because unless you know what the pain points are, and you do that analysis of an organization's culture and organizational structure and how they operate, you don't know. You don't. And it, right. I, what I like exactly. about what I like about KM is it's not a universal. Oh, you just need this version of this software, and everything will be rosy. You really have to get under the hood and see, you know, all those base elements that create the culture and the organizational operation to even know, to even know. Absolutely. Maybe, Absolutely. They, maybe they're fine. Maybe they don't. You guys are running smooth, you know. Uh, <laughs> that could happen, too, I, I, I would presume. But your experience. And I would just say, you know, for, for you thinking about that, you know, one of the things I would think about is, is looking at nonprofits' annual reports. And if they have public strategic plans, mm-hmm. I think those are really great places to start mm-hmm. when, you know, offering services. Um, the great thing about being in the nonprofit world is a lot of information is publicly available. Correct. So you certainly can start to look at some of their public documents and you'll find in those documents, maybe it's not you know, explicitly, you know, in big, bold letters written out what their pain points are, but you're going to find some mm-hmm. inkling inkling about what they need based on those those reports that they're doing annually, that's going to help find the trigger for a particular nonprofit. I, I think one of the, the easy things, and this would be a, a, a something that I've deduced uh, just based on my, my experience military and otherwise, is that if we were even to track in an organization the amount of people that revolve through the organization... You know, how long has this yeah. person been here? And if you had a timeline for every position, a chart that showed how many times this one position has become vacant, filled, vacant, filled, vacant, filled, uh, would be a telltale uh, in, a, in a lot of ways and an easy thing to do, I would think, uh, if they have those records. And then you can start filtering through to at least see some of the issues personnel-wise, if there's a revolving door or not. And especially with the volunteers, it would be great to have, again, as you said, with the CRM, to be able to have the fidelity to, to start tracking folk, internal and external, to see where some of the leaks are or if there is one. Yeah, true. The problem is I don't think a lot of nonprofits do that. No. no I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's one of the things that I, I believe are sort of lower on the list of things is, you know, even tracking, you know, for, for a large nonprofit, just tr- doing all that tracking takes such time and energy and effort that unfortunately it doesn't get done sometimes. Yeah, I, I hear you on that because it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of great ideas out there, but it still takes resources to, to do any of it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if there's if there's that magical KM system out there that just has all of this type of fidelity <laughs> built into the back end, that it is not an a, a extra duty or an oh I can't leave the office because I have to log in my hours or or you know whatever, uh, whatever that metric capture would be. If it would just be become part organic to the work culture, then it's it's not a heavy lifting item. Someday we Someday. can hope. Yeah. <laughs> It could happen. What would be your best advice to anybody trying to figure out what KM is? Hmm, trying to figure out what KM. You know, I. I, <laughs> I would or, or should say, I start with yeah, uh, what's your know. definition of KM? How about that one? That's yeah. A good so starter. for me, you know, it's a formal, an organization's formal process for identifying, capturing, and disseminating knowledge. And that knowledge can be in various various forms, right? In the in the past it was documents. Today it's it's what happens in social networking and social learning, um, where you can find lots of actual knowledge today. Find, finding having a formal case for doing that and a formal process for doing that is really important and I think it's most successful when it's part of an organization's strategy, when it's foundational to what the organization does. And a lot of organizations don't make, don't make it that far. They don't make it where KM is actually part of their, their actual strategy. What is the strategy you're working with now? Where does KM sit and how far out are you looking at it? And are you figuring out what innovations, you talked about social implications, how the behaviors of communication and knowledge sharing might look in five years once artificial intelligence becomes more prominent. Sure. Yeah, I do think KM is more social now, and it needs to be more social. We have um, an entire generation of individuals coming up who are social, (laughs) at least uh, technology social, um, that we need to be able to bring into the fold of knowledge management in, in an organization. And so that's where you know, I think Knowledge KM is moving. That's where I'm trying to move um, the organization that I'm with, looking at social technologies and social network and networking and social learning to make sure that we find the experts that are in the organization. I, I think that's really a key thing is that there is expertise out there that we just need to be able to facilitate knowledge that the ability for those experts to share that knowledge. You know, one of the easiest ways today is certainly through social networking and, and through social learning. And then, you know, you talked about AI and, you know, things like cognitive, cognitive computing. Um, wouldn't it be great if software was able to be smart enough to start to really anticipating our needs that I'm new to the organization or I'm working on a particular project. Here's the, be able to anticipate, here's the expert out there that has the knowledge that I need that I can learn from or connect with or, or talk to. I love sometimes that Google tells me that it's time to leave to catch my flight at the airport. (laughs) And then when I get to the area that here are the things that I actually might be interested in visiting now that I'm there. And in a KM, a KM context, wouldn't it be nice to say, hey, I'm working on, I see you're starting a new project around this. Here are three people in your organization that have done similar things. And, you know, here's their activity feed and here's the documents that they've uploaded and shared. 
why don't you start there? Mm-hmm. If we can get, you know, our systems to support us like that, Pam's really, I think, going to be able to really help an organization be more efficient and effective. And I think, I, as you say that, I'm, I'm looking towards that five to eight year mark when a lot of things will start to have to be integrated, right? We're not going to have separate yes. standards. We're going to have ubiquitous knowledge that's just available. I don't care if you're using Android or if you're using SharePoint or if you're using Mac or, or whatever the thing is. How you pull the data, how you pull the information should not matter. It should just be about the content. So when I think in order to get to that level and that fidelity of where knowledge exists, the support operations regardless, right? To have that automated feature like you're speaking of. And we're, we're like you say, we, we're seeing it now. It's, it's starting yeah. now. Uh, I just actually noticed there's bots available in Skype to create other elements of data points through Skype. I, I'm just like, wow. So, <laughs> you know, so how do you strategize in such a void of knowing of where we could be in five years? I mean, how do you, yeah. how do you set yourself up to be that strategic other than it, it, it constantly is, yeah. learn, constantly read, constantly consume and understand what the new thing is? And I do think you need to do that. Like, you know, I have um, the last couple of years, I have really made it a point to, to do to go to KM conferences to try and sort of stay on top of what's happening as well as reading on my own. And I think it's important to be reading from lots of disciplines to see what's happening out there in adjacent and sometimes even disciplines that may seem complete opposite of what I do in KM. I don't know that there's any way for us to totally keep up. What I do think is here's where knowing the organization that you're in becomes really important because everything is not going to be applicable to every organization and every culture. And there's too much happening out there for all of us to keep up. I think having, you know, having us knowing the scope of the organization that you're working with and the culture of that organization and what will fit with that organization is important so that because you can't keep up with everything. So you have to be able to say, here's the things that I think will work for my particular organization, and then sort of follow those things. Pay attention to what's happening in those areas. And I think there's also something to be said for us always just realizing, hey, you know what? It all changes so fast, we're all going to be a little bit behind sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, right. And and don't you think sometimes... Decisions will be made on a either a technology or a process that says, oh, this looks, should be it. And then a year later, you're like, yeah, that probably wasn't the best idea. Right, Cause, exactly. Because everything is so evolving. Absolutely is. So the tone of what I hear you say is relevancy around learning, right? You have to have that element of continual learning to continually change and adapt. Absolutely. Yep, I totally agree. Um, it, it all changes so fast and so quickly right now. And if you're not willing to to learn, to adjust, to change and adapt, then KM is not where you belong. <laughs> well, <laughs> because the, it will continue to do all of those things, just as organizations does. Mm-hmm. What do you do for the YMCA to offer knowledge management education? Is there a formal way you introduce that to the organization and the culture? 
sure. We certainly do lots of communication around CAM, especially when we when we do roll out new things. We, for example, offer really short, just like you're offering this podcast, short podcast, we offer these 20-minute webinars hmm. around every month around particular uh content for a functional area mm. so that they have an idea of what's out there and available to them. We have, you know, you talked about turnover. There's lots of turnover. And again, I support YMCs nationally. There's lots of turnover nationally. So just doing those simple things, 20 minutes, once a month, we can always have the opportunity to introduce new things to those coming on board and particularly supervisors of of part-time or volunteer individuals, making sure that they know what's happening and what's available um, when we find definitely different methods of of making sure that that happens. That sounds like a very challenging environment. It is challenging, but it's a lot of fun too. I, I certainly enjoy it. I really enjoy being in the nonprofit sector, giving back to society and making sure that people who are passionate about helping others have the tools and the knowledge that they need so that they can fulfill their passions and fulfill their community needs is really important to me. Wow, that is a great way to sum up everything we've just talked about. I appreciate that. I was just going to ask towards the end of the show, I, I asked, what's the last thing you want people to remember? And I think you just said it. I, I didn't you are absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely right. Well, thank you that very much. Good. Thank you very much. Uh, it's been very energetic and, and enlightening, and I appreciate your uh, connection. Thank you. Absolutely, Edwin. This program, Because You Need to Know, brings people and their knowledge forward to be shared. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable purpose. Help us provide knowledge work at www.pioneer-ks.org.